0: morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 14th of October. A weather emergency is unfolding across Victoria this morning, with some parts of the state experiencing their worst flooding in almost 50 years. Several towns in central Victoria have had to evacuate overnight, with some areas receiving more than 100 millimetres of rain in just 24 hours. Other regions across the state are also under watch and act warnings as water levels continue to rise rapidly after torrential rain. These local residents telling Channel 7 and Channel 9 they're doing everything they can to stay safe.
1: sandbagging what we can, getting everything above knee height um, and then as soon as we can, we're just going to get out of here
2: make sure everyone's safe.
0: We had floods in 94 but nothing like this.
2: I sunk probably three foot and, yeah, had to get myself out of there but just using a stick to make sure nothing's in the flood water.
0: Authorities have already carried out at least 50 flood rescues and responded to thousands of calls for help. Here's Geary from the local SES.
2: We're currently on 2,400 total requests for assistance in the last 24 hours. Of those, about 1,600 are in relation to flooding incidents. Now, that could be washing into properties, it could be legal roofs, it could be inundated homes. But it also includes sandbagging requests.
0: Our reporter, Lee Giolo, is on the ground in flood-affected regional Victoria. Lee, what's the latest there? Tash river level rises are expected over the next couple of days and it's got residents scrambling to flood-proof their properties. Central Victoria is seeing the worst of it, with an emergency warning in place for Benella, Seymour, Rochester and Carrisbrook at the moment. Those communities being told if they don't evacuate, they may be isolated by flood water. We know 33,000 sandbags were filled at Rochester alone over Wednesday and Thursday, with fears up to 1,000 homes could be flooded. We've had a chat to Campaspe Mayor Chrissy Weller, who says there's an evacuation centre open at Atuca. It's likely to see those from Rochester and Echuca looking for a place to stay. Pretty easy to work out. The water comes from Rochester and it comes to Echuca. So, you know, it's easier for people to be prepared, sandbag, get your things up and leave if you wish. In other news this morning, Australians across the country will no longer have to isolate if they test positive to COVID-19, as some of the last restrictions are lifted. After being approved by National Cabinet two weeks ago, from today, mandatory COVID isolation has been scrapped in all states and territories, as well as the need to wear masks in most indoor settings. But many health experts are concerned about the latest decision. Epidemiologist Professor Mike Toole from the Burnett Institute says many Australians are now vulnerable because they're not up to date with their vaccinations.
1: We often hear when government officials are, say, justifying action like getting rid of the isolation period that we're a highly vaccinated country. Well, we're not. Back in March of 2022, we had about 95% of Australian adults uh, double vaccinated. Now we're in October. That protection is no longer there. You need at least three doses
0: and professor Steve Robson from the AMA says we risk a repeat of super spreader events in Australia in the lead up to Christmas especially as covid cases and hospitalizations continue to increase in both the US and across Europe.
2: We're entering a period of risk as protections against covid spread are eased and we're seeing a very big wave of covid in the northern hemisphere at the moment that is highly likely to affect Australia. So it's a time of risk and precaution should be taken.
0: The federal government says it will raise concerns with Indonesian authorities over a graphic film shown to Bali bombing survivors and victims' families at a memorial in Bali. The video shown at the 20th anniversary service at Kuda's Ground Zero Monument showed the devastating explosions and confronting aftermath as well as pictures of the terrorists responsible. Survivor Jessica O'Grady has told Channel 7 she was incredibly upset. Everything today's been great up until they showed that footage and it's wrong. There was no need. A spokesperson says the federal government is extremely disappointed by the decisions made by the organisers of the event. Back home now and the no body, no parole laws have been passed by the New South Wales Parliament. It comes after the high-profile case of Chris Dawson who was recently found guilty of murdering his wife, Lynette, 40 years ago. Our reporter, Sasha Barbagat, has the details from Sydney. Tash, the new legislation now makes it impossible for convicted murderers to be released on parole if they refuse to cooperate with authorities and reveal the location of victims' remains. It comes nearly two months after former Sydney school schoolteacher Chris Dawson was convicted of murdering his wife Lynette more than 40 years ago. Lyn's remains have never been found, prompting her family to push for no body, no parole laws to be introduced. Similar legislation is also in place in Victoria, Queensland, South Australia Australia Australia, WA and the NT. And Medibank is the latest Australian company to fall victim to a suspected cyber attack. The health insurance giant says it's investigating suspicious activity on its network, but is confident no one's personal data has been compromised. Vanessa Teague is the CEO of Thinking Cybersecurity and says companies need to remember hackers are always trying to gain access. Certainly hope that's part of good practice for these big companies to be regularly employing independent parties to try and test their defences and obviously it's good practice to be fixing the bugs if those third parties find them. Now for the latest in business and finance news we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool. Scott good morning happy Friday important inflation data has been released from the US this morning the number was still too high but tell me there's a silver lining. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Just good morning. I'm pleased to say there is a silver lining. And this is kind of a state of the play, right? Uh, sometimes these horrible numbers would have been astonishingly bad only 12 months ago. These days, we're so used to them now. We'll take any good news we can get. And the news was actually reasonably good. Monthly inflation, 0.4% out of the US. Annual inflation still 8.4%, which is astonishingly high, much higher than here. The good news is that the pace of growth seems to have almost flattened. It is a 40-year record. But the pace of that inflation growth is starting to come back to, I won't even say normal, but something more reasonable, and that has given the markets and consumers in the US hope.
0: And that is certainly good news. Back home now, And Qantas is expecting a massive recovery after what's been a very, very challenging two and a half years for the airline and, of course, its employees, predicting a $1.3 billion profit over the next six months. So will employees get to share some of that love? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is the key question. Alan Joyce, the CEO, is saying yes. Uh, workers who agreed on a 2% pay rise are going to be immediately bumped up to a 3% rise, which is something, in the, in the wake of the inflation numbers you heard about, not enough, of course, never is. Uh, also, some one-off bonuses being paid that the staff who've been with the airline for a while. So that is something of a positive result. Uh, Joyce saying any employee discontent is about the unions rather than about the employees themselves. He would say that, wouldn't he? So that's one that I think we'll have to keep... Keep a watch on. But a remarkable turnaround for an airline that had planes on the ground and was losing an absolute squillion dollars during COVID to bounce back to a $1.3 billion gain expected, profit expected in the next six months is phenomenal. Of course, it does also have something to do with the fact they keep cancelling and delaying flights and there are plenty uh, of full planes. Uh, Restricting capacity is a key thing of keeping prices higher. So, yep, we're all back in the skies, but the planes are full and we're paying a pretty penny to fly.
0: And talking about tax cuts, we've got a lot of speculation on whether the federal government will follow through with the promise or not. What's the latest details mm. from the Treasurer?
1: Treasurer Sharmas has ruled out once and f- well, once and for all, for now. Never say he's never. Absolutely, he's absolutely ruled <laughs> it out for this budget. After flying it up the old political flagpole for a while and testing the waters, seeing what the uh, the public response was, the government has shelved the idea of maybe winding back some of those stage three tax cuts in this budget. We should say they weren't scheduled, or aren't scheduled, they're legislated. They're not scheduled to come into effect until 2024. The Treasurer and the PM have plenty of time should they choose to, to make some changes to this one.
0: And Scott, Netflix is about to get cheaper, but always the devil is in the detail.
1: (laughs) You know what? Sometimes I reckon just falling prices is almost enough. In the last last 12 (laughs) months or so, if we can get a cheaper Netflix deal, that's probably good enough, but we are going to have to put up with some ads. Uh, The company's launching a $7.50 US, which is that $11 Australian plan. Uh, which is much cheaper than its current plans, but they're going to serve ads for those people who want to save a couple of bucks. So the devil is in the detail, as you say. You have to do a deal with that particular advertising devil and choose whether you want ads with your Netflix to save a couple of bucks or whether you want to pay up the current price and avoid those ads. Look, some people will take it and it is not a bad option to make make available to people. Whether we take it up in droves or stay away, well, time will tell.
0: And it pays for people's jobs, but can you fast forward through them? I'm
1: absolutely sure you cannot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Scott, you have a beautiful weekend. Stay safe. Thank you.
1: And you. Thanks, Tash.
0: Time for Sport Now with Josh Conway. Josh, good morning. There are plenty of coaching dramas across both the NRL and AFL this morning.
2: Chaos in the last 12 hours or so, Tash. That's the only way to describe it, with Des Hasler and Brett Ratton both removed by their respective Clubs will start in the NRL and Hasler's time as Manly coach has come to an end. His second stint in charge of the Sea Eagles came to an abrupt finish yesterday and it really is the tipping point of a tumultuous three months or so for the club which has seemingly fall apart since that Pride jersey scandal. Former Bunnies and Broncos mentor Anthony Seibold is expected to take over with an announcement possible as early as today. But as we said yesterday, superstar brothers Jake and Tom Trebojevic are not happy and they are Stern-Hasler supporters. And there are reports that Tom has called an emergency meeting with his manager today regarding his future at the club. And just ducking over to the UK quickly for the World Cup, Tash Kangaroos coach Mal Meninga has declared only James Tedesco is safe as the Roos looked set to deploy a rotation policy of sorts through the campaign, which begins on Sunday against Fiji. Here's what Maninga had to say on Fox Sports last night.
1: James Tedesco has won he's captain. So there's one player that will get, definitely get picked. And I'm, well, I'm pretty open to performance over here and, and that playing a part. But not only performance on field, but certainly the way they behave off field is really important to me as well.
2: It appears Brett Ratten has also left his post at St Kilda. The Saints have recently gone through a review of their football department and has brought an end to Ratton's stint as the coach less than 100 days after signing on for a further two seasons. Talk about a turnaround. Ratton has been at the Saints since 2019 and didn't have a great finish to the season. They dropped from fourth on the ladder at round 11 to miss the finals altogether. As for replacements, James Hurd and Lenny Hayes are already rumoured to be in the hunt.
0: And a board meeting, Josh, today could have massive consequences
2: for one of our cricketing greats. Yeah, David Warner could be allowed back into the national captaincy fold. Cricket Australia is set to review his lifetime captaincy ban at a board meeting today. CA Chairman Lachlan Henderson says they'll consider it.
1: David's doing particularly well on the field and and making a great contribution off the field. I think the first step is, is to review the code because that applies for all sanctions, not just in relation to David Warner.
2: That band coming after the infamous sandpaper scandal over in South Africa. And there's never a dull day in the sporting world, Tash. Take a deep breath. There's certainly a bit going on. Isn't there? What? You have a beautiful weekend. Thanks so much, Josh.
0: And here's a feel-good Friday story for you, proving age is certainly no barrier. Heather Lee is 95 years young and holds seven world records in competitive walking, as well as eight Australian titles. So when I was 85, I joined the Masters Athletics. And in 2012, in, in February, I think it was, at Bankstown, I uh, competed in the five kilometre event and I took out the Australian record. Then I went to Melbourne. I took, broke records there, Australian records. And at the end of the year, I broke two world records in the three and the five kilometre. Incredible. And this weekend, Heather is hoping to win more medals at the New South Wales Masters Athletics Competition. She says age is only a number and she's always been supported by her much younger competitors. They don't define me by age, and that's just something that I really hate. I really hate being defined by age. And um, they don't define me, but they they just accept me for what I am. That audio thanks to Channel 7. And there's some weekend inspo for you. We wish Heather all the very best. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. Stay safe and we'll see you Monday.
1: Listen